Welcome to First Things First, the weekly podcast where we talk about God, faith, and life in Shallow Water, Texas. Our podcast is a production of First Shallow Water, and you can find more information about our church by clicking on the link in the description of this episode. Thanks for joining us. Here's our pastor, Brad Miles. Well, everybody, welcome to the First Things First podcast. We, every week on the First Things First podcast, we invite amazing, incredible, exciting people into the podcast studio, which is a little bit of an overstatement for where we are, right? So <laughs> invite amazing, incredible people in, and we have a conversation with them. It's really awesome to have these conversations with them because these are people who, they are probably your neighbors. They probably live next door to you, So uh, and you get to find out really awesome things about them and about their life and journey with the Lord and their family and everything else. So uh, so these are a lot of fun, and today is no exception. Today, I have Danielle Rendon with me. Is Rendon's how you guys say your last name? Is that right? Yes, yeah. for people who don't speak Spanish. Aha! Spanish-speaking yes. Rendon. Rendon, Rendon. <laughs> yeah. that's, so that's, okay, I just want to say that my natural tendency was to say Rendon, okay? Good. But, uh... But uh, but then I thought, well, that doesn't feel like the... And I heard everybody else say your name the other way. So I just want to say that all of you other people who tried to correct me on that, you were wrong, and I was right. <laughs> I just want to throw that out there. So uh, Danielle and uh, Caleb uh, have been members of our church for... Uh, they've been living in Shallow for six years, been members of our church for almost that long. Um, Danielle is involved in children's ministry stuff and helping to lead a grow group right now, but I'm not going to tell you too much about her because I want for her to tell you about herself. Introduce yourself to everybody, Danielle. T- give us the essential Danielle. What is it we most need to know? Okay. Of course, I'm Danielle. I'm married to Caleb. Yep. Um, we both grew up in Lubbock. Um, I work in home health, done that for 12 years doing yep. therapy. He is the director of accounting at Madera Residential and then we have three boys, Rylan, who's almost eight years old, Levi, who's four, and then Joshua, who's 10 months. Oh. So, yes, we've been married. Tomorrow's our anniversary. We'll be no married. Way. Yeah, nine years. All right. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So, okay, nine years. So that means that Caleb has one year to plan something real special because the 10-year yes. anniversary is a big deal. So uh, so you guys have to go yard on the 10-year anniversary. That's that's important. Okay. So, well, I say that like I have totally firebombed every one of my. I mean, we have done. We've had the worst <laughs> anniversaries ever. I mean, I owe Amy big time because you know what? It's almost every time we have an anniversary, it feels like we're moving every time we have an anniversary, oh, no. or there's some kind. Of, yeah, really, that's exactly right. So. Like when you think about what's the worst way I could spend my anniversary, moving is probably right up there on the list. Yes. But I feel like so many of our anniversaries we've been doing that. So I remember I was like, I have failed at the anniversary. So our 25th was coming up and I was like, I, we're going to do something awesome. We're going to. And so Amy and I planned this trip where we were going to go to all these places that we had lived before in our marriage and reconnect with friends from all those places. We had this awesome road trip planned. <laughs> And COVID (laughs) completely destroyed all of that. So uh, anyway, so our plan B was Las Brisas. We went to Las Brisas. Hey, that's pretty good. Pretty pretty good. 
pretty good steak, and it cost about the same as the road trip. So <laughs> yes. it was it was about the it was kind of a good one. But yeah, and ten nine year anniversary tomorrow. Yes. Wow, yes. that's really really awesome. And yeah. and three kids. Tell me their ages one more time. Rylan's about to be eight. Okay. Levi's four, and then Joshua's about to be ten months. So so you just as you're saying their ages, mm-hmm. I just want you to know that I became exhausted just when you. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? Like that that age group right there. I mean, you're running all the time. Yes. Man. So, and three boys too. Oh, yes. So yeah, how's boys. that? Talk about being a boy mom. Honestly, it's so fun. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I was kind of a tomboy growing up anyway. So okay. I'm like, I can hang with them. Yeah. It's yeah. all dinosaurs and loud noises and wrestling. I mean, yeah. that's fine. <laughs> So I'm the oldest of five. I have four younger brothers. Oh my gosh. So in our house, there was not, uh, literally, there wasn't a single piece of furniture in our house that wasn't broken in some way. <laughs> and uh, and my parents were just, they. It was. I felt like at some point they just gave up. Yeah. And, it, and when we all started moving out of the house, that's when they finally bought furniture. Yes. You know, good furniture. So, because uh, we were just terrors. You yeah. Know? That's what I tell them all the time. I'm like, this is why we can't have nice things. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And it's, and you just have to kind of settle that in your heart. Yes. And then I remember my mom, you know, when she was younger was, was super OCD too. Like everything had to be, you know, really, really clean. And she yes. was very, you know, and then, but while we were growing up, she was like, I give up, you yeah. know, that's kind of where I am. I'm a, yeah. I'm kind of a clean freak, but now that I'm like three boys, it's as soon as I mop, I mean, there's something spilled all over the floor. Yes. So it's just, it's pointless. Yeah. yeah. You do what you can, but yeah. you can't, you can't, it works whatever the OCD is out of you when you have a bunch of boys <laughs> yeah. running around the house. Yeah. So, uh, so three boys and, uh, Caleb. So you're the only girl in yes. the house. Help. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I know about that because I'm, we have the opposite in my family. Yes. So now, okay, five boys, right? In my family, I'm the oldest mm-hmm. of five. And so when I found out we were having Carson and it was a girl, yeah. first of all, my mom flipped out. Like, because it was the first, <laughs> she was the first grandbaby and was the first girl. So yes. my mom just went crazy. Uh, but I was terrified because. I had never really been around little girls. Yes. And I didn't even know how I would do that, you know? So, um, but uh, thankfully, uh, what I've discovered is that I really love being a girl dad. Good. You know, it's, yeah, <laughs> it's so awesome. And I wouldn't have it any other way, really. But uh, but I did, it, there was a learning curve. I will say that. And being the only, even both of our dogs, mm-hmm. guess what they are? Girls. <laughs> so there's a lot of estrogen in my household. Yes. And, uh, and, and and I'm I have to navigate that a little bit, so I feel your pain. Yes. Feel well, Caleb's pain. brother has four girls, so nice. It balances yeah. each other out. <laughs> so do do you, does do y'all's family? You said you grew up in Lubbock, mm-hmm. so I'm assuming that both of y'all, most of your family, lives in this area. Is yes. that right? Yeah. So you get to get the kids and cousins all together. Oh yeah. Frequently. Yeah, that's, it's so fun. Yeah, yeah. That's a lot. That's why we moved back to this part of the world. Amy's sister live. Her twin sister lives in Canyon. And then uh, her older sister lived in Abilene, mm-hmm. and so so and her parents lived in San Angelo. So we were kind of right back around all of her family when we yeah. moved out here. So it makes a difference. <laughs> it really does. So what brought you guys to Shallow Water six years ago? You moved to Shallow Water. What was that? What? Well, we had had Rylan, and I guess he was pretty close to a year when we decided to move. At first, we were going to build in the Cooper yeah. district, and then that kind of fell apart, and uh-huh. we stayed in a duplex for a while, and. I was not having it. (laughs) 
I was not having it. And so I was on a trip. I think it was like a bachelorette trip for one of my good friends. Yeah. And we had been looking for a house, weren't sure. Well, Caleb was like, there's this house in shallow water. Yeah. He was like, I'm going to go look at it. So him and his mom went and looked at it. And he was like, I really like this. I was like, put an offer in. Yes. And so he was like, are you sure you haven't even seen it? I was like, I've looked at the pictures. It looks fine. Get me out of this duplex. <laughs> <laughs> and so... So he put an offer in and um, they accepted it. And here we are. That's awesome. That's awesome. We lived when we first, we lived in Missouri and then we moved to Lubbock because Amy got offered a kind of a, you know, a a teaching position at Wayland. Mm -hmm. That was one of those, this does not come around very often. So when when it does, you kind of have to jump for it. And so, so we just took a blind leap and moved to Lubbock, but we were living in a duplex, you know, as well. And, uh, and it was, we didn't know it at the time, but like one time we drove up to our duplex and our neighbor was out in the front yard surrounded by a SWAT team and they were, (laughs) they were arresting our neighbor. So, uh, so I think at that point, Amy was like, you know, I feel like it's maybe time to move, you know? And so so, here's your sign. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So then we kind of, yeah. So I know, I know how that feels. Yes, uh, c- certainly been there before. So, and also we, I was homeschooled, so I graduated with thirty people. Okay, Caleb went to Friendship. He had a bigger class, but we were living in the Friendship district at that time, and I was like, "That's really big." Yes, school and stuff. So that kind of stressed me out. So um, we didn't really want to do private school because, first of all, we can't afford it. Yeah, and. <laughs> And so we were like, you know, we'll look around at these smaller towns. And yeah. so shallow water had kind of been on our heart for a little while. So sure. it was neat how God kind of like worked that in. That's good. Yeah. That's good. I think, you know, uh, folks who who are listening to the podcast who are not, who don't live in shallow water, you mm-hmm. know, uh, it, it's, this is a really awesome community. It is. You know, there's the, uh, the people, it's a really tight knit. Everybody mm-hmm. kind of knows everybody. And uh, the schools are really great, and we have been so impressed with yes. Shallow Water. So, yeah, and so and so the Lord kind of rescued you from Cooper and <laughs> uh, and brought you out here. Yes. <laughs> that's good. That's good. That's good. Well, uh, okay. So, talk to me. Tell me. We always talk about this every episode. Uh, so, but talk to me about your your faith story. Tell me about. You know how you came to faith in Christ. When, when did you surrender your heart and life to Him? Who who was involved in that? Like what people were kind of instrumental in that. Talk, talk a little bit about that. Um. So I know you asked. I listen to the podcast. So I know you. Asked you this do question. like it. You're a super fan. <laughs> I so, love this yeah. podcast. <laughs> <laughs> and so I was thinking about this question. I was like, you know what? I literally feel like I've known God. I mean, forever. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it wasn't like I didn't know who he was. And then all of a sudden, like, oh, right. this is God. He saved me. I mean, I remember being as young as like three. And mm-hmm. I mean, literally, I think I felt his spirit because my yes. my young, young childhood was very painful. Yeah, And so um, I just remember moments like when I could feel God. Mm-hmm. And then um, whenever I was eight... You know, I dedicated my life to him basically and got baptized, but there's not, I don't feel like there's a moment in my life that I didn't feel God like with me. So is it okay for us to talk about your childhood? Oh yeah. Is that okay? Yeah. So so because you mentioned that, that, that childhood times when you really, you felt the presence of God in spite of some painful circumstances. So describe that if you can. Yeah. Um, I'll kind of start with my mom's background. My mom had a really bad childhood. Uh Um, And so she, I think she, it's one of those situations where she kind of married someone who 
showed her affection and wasn't the greatest guy. So my biological father uh, was a drug addict and an alcoholic. And um, they moved around quite a bit. We ended up in Colorado for a little while. And I think, yeah, at that point, she had already had all three of us, me and then my two brothers. Yeah. And um, I I don't think she realized, like, everything that he was doing or what was going on. Um, But one day he disappeared. And um, before that, a lot of my memories are, you know, just anger and rage and, you know, throwing things, screaming. I mean, very, very little um, good memories of him or that time. Um, And then so we moved back to Lubbock to live with my great grandmother. Uh And um, in my mind, I always thought he was coming back, you know. And so anyway, my mom had actually met my stepdad in Colorado during that time when my dad was gone. Yeah. Didn't think anything of it, but he was uh, he was actually going to be stationed in Guantanamo Bay, I think. And so they ended up it's kind of like a Hallmark love story. (laughs) They started uh, writing letters back and forth. Right. And anyway, he proposed to her. And I was so angry. I mean, yeah. so because I was like, this is not right. I thought my dad was going to come back um, anyway. But it, it turned out great. I have the best stepdad. Yeah. Um, but we actually got baptized together because oh, he became wow. a Christian through writing letters back and forth with my mom. Wow. But yeah, um, before so, before him, it was, it was a lot of pain, um, anxiety. I mean, I remember uh, this one specific incident where... I went with my dad and looking back now, I know what happened. We went to a guy's house. He left me in the living room and I mean, he was obviously going to buy drugs. Right. And I remember then like, that's the specific moment when I was like, I knew like I had that discernment, you know, the Holy spirit was telling me something's not right, but it's going to be okay. Right. And so, I mean, and you felt like you could feel like the presence of God, like protecting you yes. in that moment. And yes. Up. Yeah. 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 Cause that is a, uh, an instance where all kinds of horrible things, mm-hmm. you know, could happen to yeah. a person. So, so how old were you when your dad kind of disappeared from your life? I think it was between four and five. I can't remember exactly. I think I might have been five. Um, but gosh, man, yeah. you were young. Yes. And, well, and it kind of speaks to the the kind of the level of intensity of the chaos that you have so many and so vivid of memories before then. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, uh, so he just disappeared one day. Yeah. In fact, they couldn't find him for years. Um, my uncle, who's his brother, um, I think hired a private investigator at one point and they finally found him. I mean, this was years later, like in Arkansas or something like that, but I haven't really had any contact with him. He talked to my brother one time and I don't know. It was kind of one of those instances where he didn't really take responsibility for his actions, didn't really have remorse. And I think that was, that was almost more hurtful than the actual, you know, incidences. So. Right. Right. But. So he just, he disappeared mm -hmm. and from his, not just you guys, but sounds like from his whole family. Yes. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So that, that had to have been painful. Yes. Yeah. So, so then you guys moved here mm-hmm. or back to Texas. So, yes. And, uh, and then there, and then you were, how, how old was it whenever your, 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 you know, stepfather and your mom actually kind of, you know, started to have a relationship and got married? How, how long was that? Um, 
I guess they probably talked through letters at least a couple years. Yeah. And then he proposed. We got baptized. And I think two weeks later, they got married. Oh, that's um, awesome. Yeah. So I was eight. So it sounds like, because you, you mentioned that your stepdad kind of came to faith in Christ by writing letters to your mom. Mm-hmm. So it sounds like your mom had a relationship with the Lord. Yes. Is that right? Was she a Christian even when all that stuff was going on? Yes. In life? Okay. Yeah. So she was kind of that bedrock, maybe a faith for you then. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And that's why it's neat to kind of see like the power of just like, especially older women in your life, like her great grandmother, the one we ended up living with later on, was kind of the only source of true like um, spirituality and, Mm -hmm. you know, showing the love of Christ to her. And I think, honestly, I think that's what saved her from her childhood. Yeah. Um, And then... Like, I don't remember really very many moments where my mom was showed weakness. I mean, everything I look back, everything we went through, she's raising three kids by herself for a while. She ends up going back to college for, I mean, years to become a dietitian. And I mean, just literally the strongest woman I know. Yeah, that's awesome. Yes. That's really cool. So you have, I mean, it sounds like you and your mom pretty tight. Oh, yes. That's awesome. How are what are you? Are you the oldest or middle? Yes, you're the oldest. Yeah. So you so during that period of you know craziness and chaos, mm-hmm. like I mean, you have a lot of memory of that. Like you, yes. that was you know your your brothers probably don't remember as much of that as you do. I don't feel like they have as many memories. Um, I mean, a few here and there, but they uh-huh. definitely still struggle just with you know just the abandonment, rejection, yeah. just you know just so much pain that is associated with a situation like that. Yeah, I uh, yes, I can I can relate to that uh, in some ways. Mm-hmm. I, uh, what what I experienced in my life is nothing like you know. My father didn't just disappear one day. Although uh, I, I got asked the other day, what was what's your earliest memory? Mm-hmm. Um, I can't remember. Oh, oh, it was we were on a mission. We were in Belize, and yeah, and there was this question: what 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 your earliest memory is? And mine was uh, mine is of my mom backing out of the driveway with my father. He's got his hands on the front of the car, and he's crying, and he's like not want my mom to go. Like, yeah. So that's the first thing I remember in, oh, gosh. in my life, you know? And, uh, uh, but he, so he kind of like, he kind of moved on with his life a, a little. Mm-hmm. And I, I think he just really kind of struggled to prioritize time with, you know, with my brother and I. And so, yes. so we kind of felt this, uh, wasn't like he just shut off, mm-hmm. you know, uh, but he just was less and less really involved in our lives. And, um, which can be just as painful. Yeah. Really. Yeah. Well, and you know, so that, that, but that rejection that you feel, right. Mm-hmm. There's this person that was, that's supposed to love you, Yes. you know, and care for you. And they, they just, uh, they just don't, Yeah. you know, and that leaves kind of this mark on you, you yes. know, that you have to figure out somehow, yeah. you know, what led up to you being baptized? Talk about that moment in your life? Like what was going on with you guys then? Um, I mean, we've always, as long as I can remember, we've gone to church and I don't really know what sparked it, but I was just like, I need to ask Jesus into my heart and yeah. And then, you know, just get baptized to show that, you know, I am a follower of Christ, Mm -hmm. but I don't remember an exact, you know, situation that sparked that. Right. Again, right. I just, I feel like I've always known God. Yeah. I mean, that was kind of like the natural culmination yes. of all this stuff that God had been doing in your life for a long time. Yes. Yeah. 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 I hear so many of the, 
people describe their faith that way. And mm-hmm. I think it's awesome, you know, when yes. when the Spirit has so clearly been moving in your life over a long period of time like that. That's, oh, gosh, yeah. 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 So, uh, okay, so let me ask you this. That, and uh, like, th- So you, I know like in my life, right? Mm-hmm. So all that stuff went on when I was a kid. And I had a group, my, my dad adopted me. My mom and my dad got married when I was probably in the, second or third grade. Okay. So for most of my life, right, my, my dad was around and he yes. was my dad, you know, uh, and he adopted me finally when I was in the sixth grade. Uh, that's whenever my father signed over parental rights, okay. so, you know, so that that could happen. But, um, but anyway, so I thought I had a handle on that. Like, really, I didn't think, I didn't think there were issues yeah. to be honest with you. As I grew into adulthood, I thought, you know, uh, that I had dealt with all that, maybe, maybe made peace yeah. with it or whatever. Yeah. But uh, maybe it was around right around the time that Carson was being born. Whenever all of a sudden, like I would be, I was uh, angry for like no mm-hmm. reason, you know, and I was having all these weird emotions or feelings or yes. whatever. And I kind of started to realize, no, I didn't. You know, I I still had these some issues that were related to that abandonment. I oh, felt yeah. from my father. So was that true in your life? Did you like what was your what was your what's your experience of coming to of processing? Your, your dad not being a part of your life. How did that work yeah, for you? Um, I was kind of the opposite. I was painfully aware of, <laughs> yeah. you know, just my anxiety, um, my issues because of it all. Mm-hmm. And I went to counseling on and off. I mean, you all did. throughout childhood, um, my teenage years. And I think the big, the big pivotal moment in my life, I'd started going to a youth group at City View, uh-huh. I think Fellowship in Lubbock. Yeah. And there was a lady named Ruth Menifee <laughs> and I asked her, like, I don't even know. I, I guess I just saw something in her that I was like, I need her to be my mentor. So I asked yeah. her, I was like, will you please be my mentor? Like, I need someone who I can talk to and trust. And right. she has a really neat story. Um, she was abandoned, I think, on church steps in Columbia wow. and was adopted. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, she just, you know, when you know pain like that, it's easier to kind of deal with and give someone else, you know, advice or just feel their hurt with them. And so, um, she started mentoring me and gosh, she, she literally, I mean, just turned my life around. I mean, not that I was, I wasn't a real crazy child. I was terrified of getting in trouble. (laughs) I was more scared of my mom. I tell people I was more scared of my mom than the cops. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Me too. yeah. Yeah. But yeah, she, I mean, she really just, Help me grow in the Lord and and go through some, you know, just work through difficult emotions and memories and right. things like that. And it, it made a world of difference. Yeah. So you, I mean, for you, th- that, that, that was immediate. Like all of your, you were dealing with that stuff in the moment and, and struggling with anxiety and stuff, even as a child. Oh, yeah. yeah. I literally, I don't... I mean, I I can't remember a day without anxiety. Wow. Even to this day, I just feel like that's kind of like my baseline. Like yes. there's always anxiety uh, kind of behind everything. And I'm I'm still trying to work on it this to this day. I'm yeah. 33 and we're still, here we go. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get, we're going we're to circle back around and talk about that more yeah. because I don't think you're alone by any stretch of the no. imagination. So um, this podcast may actually air... I'm not really sure when it's going to air, mm-hmm. but it might air during the "You Ask for It" series, okay. which people have kind of submitted questions, and and a bunch of them have been about, you know, worry about the future and yes. anxiety and uh, just general anxiety. So I know there are a lot of people listen to the podcast mm-hmm. that 
where they would, when you said anxiety is kind of my baseline, yeah. I know there were a lot of people listening to the podcast that were like, oh yeah, that's me too. Yes. So, uh, so I want to circle back around and, mm-hmm. and talk with you about that, you know, uh, 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 in a second. But before we do that though, um, I, I, I want to just kind of maybe ask you to drill down a little bit on that, the process where you were kind of coming to terms with what had happened to you and, yeah. and uh, so talk about, you know, what you learned from counseling and, mm-hmm. and talk about your mentor and kind of like, what were the specific things that you learned from counseling and from her okay. that really, really helped you? you yes. Know? Well, I think, I mean, for anyone who's been through this type of situation as a kid, I mean, you're, everything kind of revolves around you and your mind. Yes. And so it's like, what did I do? Yes. What was wrong with me? You know, what could I have done better? Why am I not good enough? Yeah. And so that was kind of like shaping all of my actions. That was shaping all of my thoughts. Mm-hmm. And so counseling and especially the mentorship just kind of broke down those lies. Um, yeah. You know, God is the one who is for me. I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. Yep. Um the verse that I've always had over my life is Proverbs three, five through six, you know, trust in the Lord with all your heart, lean not on your own, own understanding in all your ways, submit to him and he will make your path straight. Yeah. And, um, just, just kind of learning like who I was in Christ, you know, who he's made me to be. And that ultimately, you know, our identities are not shaped by the world. Right. They're not shaped by flesh and blood. They're shaped by our di- identity in him. Yeah. And so it was just kind of reframing, um, I don't know, almost like a new DNA, you know? Right. I mean, really just, you know, not looking at my family history here on earth, but you know, I am God's child. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of that was just finding like affirmation through God and what his word says. And I remember like, especially in my darkest times, I would write notebooks and notebooks, just writing down scripture. Right. I'd go through the Psalms, you know, whatever. And I think, I mean, that was just, that was such a place of peace for me, uh-huh. you know, whenever you look to God's word and his truth, um, and just kind of sorting out those thoughts, like, is this from Satan or is this from God? That was, I think that was one of the biggest things that I learned through the mentorship is it's like, you know, who are you listening to? Yeah. You know, take every thought captive Yeah, and then ask God for his truth. Right. Exactly. And you know, what's fascinating to me is that there are these lies that we, that that are told to us like in one form or another. Yes. You know, when we're when we're a child or when we're young sometimes that we will carry around for our whole lives mm-hmm. and not even be aware of it. Like Oh yeah. I know you listen to the podcast, but uh there was this one episode where I was interviewing Aaron Lass, who's a counselor. Yes. And literally she said what you just said in the podcast. Yeah. About you know, because because as children, we you know the world kind of revolves around us. When things mm-hmm. go crazy, we just assume that it has something to do with us oh, because yeah. that's how we view the world. When she said that, it was literally the first time that I had ever thought about and recognized that that's how I felt. Oh wow! Even in the moment, yes. like we were sitting there on the <laughs> recording the podcast, and I'm like choking back tears because I just had this realization about myself that I had been doing this my whole life and I'd never even thought about it. And, and that one, like after the podcast was over, I was like, Aaron, can we just, I know I'm not on the clock with you right now, but can we just talk about that? Because I'd never, never processed that. And yes. Um, but that I carried that around. 
I, I didn't even realize that I, I thought it was my fault until yeah. I heard it come out of her mouth. Mm-hmm. And it just, re- it wrecked me. Yes. You know? So I know that there are lies that we carry around about ourselves like that. So oh, yeah. one of them for you was that, that you were somehow responsible for, yeah. for your dad leaving. Yes. Wow. Wow. Are there other ones that you felt like that you dealt with as you were growing older that you needed to kind of shed and break off of you? I feel like, I mean, even to this day, I still feel like I struggle, like I'm not good enough. Right. You know, no one's going to love me for me. You know, I'm not going to be fully accepted and I have to hide parts of myself, you know, and put off like, you know, a better version of myself to be accepted and loved and wanted. Yeah. And that's, that's such a horrible that's such a horrible lie from the enemy. Huh. And that was one thing. Um, I know Skyla talked about this as well. We did this if gathering um, with a group of girls here in, I think, February. And it was just kind of attacking some of those things. And it was like, I got some things off my chest that I've been holding in the darkness. Right. And it was like, after that, I mean, literally felt like a weight was coming off of me. Yeah. But it's just like, whenever, whenever things like that that have been in the dark are revealed in God's light, like... It has to flee. I mm-hmm. mean, you know, God's light will outshine it, and yeah. and His truth will fill those gaps. Yeah, I I, I can so relate to, to that myself, and I think I think especially kids wh- who have felt abandoned or rejected in some mm-hmm. way or another. Uh, I, I think I think we do deal with that. Like I really yeah. believe that. Like uh, uh, for most of my life, I've always been waiting. Sooner or later, these people are going to figure out. Yeah. That you know, that I'm a mess yes. and they're not going to want to be around me anymore. And so, and so I just carried that like expectation that the other shoe's going to drop any minute yeah. know, into all my relationships, you yes. know, and, uh, in even my relationship with my wife for years yeah. and years and years, you know? And, uh, so yeah, that, and it is a devast it's a devastating lie because, you know, the only way to intimacy is when you're able to place yourself in someone else's hands. Yes. You know, and like intimacy with the father, yeah. intimacy with other people. And so when you are afraid of being rejected and abandoned, feel like you're not good enough, mm-hmm. you withhold yourself oh, yeah. from people, which then makes you unable to be in, intimate, you know, really yes. close to anybody. And uh, and our souls long for that intimacy, you know? Yes. So when we don't have it, it just it just kind of eats away at us, mm-hmm. you know. So, but you felt like whenever you were able to start, like admitting it, mm-hmm. you know, like uh, speaking it out loud, yes, that that's whenever you started to experience the healing. Yes, and I'm trying to think of what verse that is. I think it's in Psalms, but it's like even the darkness is not dark yes. to Psalm you. Psalm 139. Yes. Yeah. Um, that's another one that I've always clung to. Mm-hmm. I mean, my entire life, I just read it over and over again, just trying to put his, his truth into me. Right. Um, but yeah, it's just, it's such a neat concept. Like I was thinking about the other day, I'm like, God died for me knowing my worst, Yes. knowing my darkness. And he still chose like to send his son and die on the cross for me. Yeah. I'm like, so there's nothing that can separate me from the love of the father. And yeah. that's, that's insane. <laughs> yeah, I know. Isn't it? Yeah. And for for those of us who always are worried about that, yes. to, to be acknowledged, in Psalm one thirty nine, I, actually I just 
uh, I I was invited to speak at like the fall revival for Howard Payne University, mm-hmm. and I spoke my I did five messages all over Psalm one thirty nine. We kind of just kind of walked yeah. through that, and because I feel like there's a lot of college students, especially like post in the post COVID world, right? Oh who yeah, are really struggling with their with who they are in Christ, with their identity, yes. and also but w- whether they can be loved. You yeah. know, they're wondering that. Um, but anyway, in that in that passage, you know, it starts out with talking about how precious, you know, are your thoughts mm-hmm. about me, oh God. And so the, the word precious there, the in the Hebrew, it means like uh, super rare. Like you know, that's what makes it v- rare and valuable is that mm-hmm. it's very rare. It's really hard to come by. So I got the thought about like a diamond, you know, is yeah. super rare. But then later on, it talks about how innumerable the thoughts that God has toward us are. Like mm. like. More than sand on the seashore, which is a way of saying um, eternal, like infinite. Yes. There's no number. So when it went, but when I read that, you know, I thought about like white sands, for example. Which oh, yeah. When you go out there, there's just everywhere you look, you know, white sands. But then I thought about if each one of his thoughts are precious like diamonds, mm-hmm. and there's more than sand on a seashore. So I thought about like white sands and every grain of that white sand is a diamond. Mm-hmm. Like, what would that look like? You know? And then I thought, man, that's what the love of God is. Yes. Like a massive diamond studded desert that goes in every direction as far as we can see, you know? Yeah. And boy, I needed that truth. Yes. <laughs> I, I've needed it multiple times in my life. Yes. For sure. So, okay, so you kind of talked about how um, how you had a mentor in your life mm-hmm. that really kind of um, spoke truth to you. Yes. You know? And th- that's kind of how the Lord really grew you. Mm-hmm. Are, are there other moments in your life where you've really felt like God was stretching you, growing you? Or like, what are some, what are some other ways in which you really felt like God was working in my life at this point? Um, one that comes to mind, I think it was my senior year. We went to a conference called one thing Uh in Kansas city, I think is where it is. And, um, it's just really neat. I mean, the Holy spirit really moved, but, um, I'll never forget. We were sitting in a group and this girl, all of a sudden she was like, I need to pray. Uh And so she stood up and I mean, literally closed her eyes. There were probably 10 girls in this room went in order one by one and spoke something over their life. And it was like, God was speaking through her. And I'll never forget something. She said something like, um, the cloud has been lifted from your life. And so that happened. And then they prayed over me. I really released some stuff there and they prayed over me. And I remember since that day, I really didn't struggle with, um, you know, thinking about my dad or, you know, just the, the pain and stuff like that, that he had caused. Of course there were still some issues, but, um, it was, I mean, it literally since that day, it hasn't been an issue for me. Yeah. Just thinking about, you know, my past and what he's done and just, you know, kind of, um, soaking in that filth. Right. (laughs) And then of course, becoming a parent really stretches you. (laughs) And (laughs) I've really found all of my weaknesses. (laughs) Um, but kind of like you said, it was like, I mean, just things like whenever you have your own kid and it just triggers things and it's like, oh gosh, yeah, you know, and then I feel like it also opened your eyes to, you know, my biological father was human. Yes. He made really bad decisions. You know, I mean, I forgive him, but how easy it can be to fall into those traps and 
to be so much less than what you expected yourself to be as a parent. Yeah. And so I feel like, you know, having kids has really stretched me the most as far as, you know, finding my identity in Christ and then also trying to show them theirs. Yeah. Helping them to yes. see that. Yeah. Yes. So, okay. I want to talk about that, but first I want to, so you're in a room mm-hmm. in Kansas City. Yes. Okay. With 10 girls that you don't know. Uh, well, they were from our youth they're, group. They're from yes. your youth group. So yes. the one girl who stood up, mm-hmm. like she, did she, she knew you when she was. Yes. Okay. But the words that she said were, th- were things that were exactly true of your life and were true from that moment on in your life. Like yes. The, you felt the cloud lift in your life. What's crazy too, those words specifically were um, really special because I used to write a lot, like I would write poems, I would, I mean, just write a ton of stuff. And there was this one specific poem that I wrote, you know, about, about my past and everything. And I mean, specifically, I wrote something about the cloud, you know, the darkness, the clouds over my life. Yeah. And so for her to say those words, it was like, you know, God was like, I see you. Right. And it's gone. Like we're, we're lifting it. Yeah. We're done with that chapter. Right, right, right. She referenced something that was deeply personal for you yes, that, that she no didn't one knew. Know. Yeah. 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 So I love when the, the Holy Spirit does yes. that <laughs> stuff. So uh, I get think of so many times in, in, in and, you know, I grew up, I grew up Baptist. Mm-hmm. And so uh, the churches that I grew up in, uh, that gave me such a legacy of faith, and I'm so thankful. Yes. But we did not talk about the Holy Spirit because we were all terrified of it. Like, so yes. there was no, you know, we didn't want to, we didn't want to be one of those weirdos, that, you know, at the church down the street. So we didn't talk about it. But uh, kind of as I grew older, I would run across people who, um, you know, who would who would pray for me in that way, mm-hmm. or they would have a word for me from the Spirit. And and I remember just thinking, you know, gosh, I would like to be that kind of person. Yes. You know, I would like to be a kind of person who. The, the spirit just reveals things to me and I don't even know the fullness of what that is, I, yes. but I'm just supposed to say it and it somehow has this powerful meaning in somebody else's life, you know? Yes. And, uh, and, uh, and that it's been, that's been an area in my life where I've really grown mm-hmm. in adulthood is understanding, you know, how the, how to walk in that fullness of the Holy spirit and, yes. the, and to be that kind of person and for other people because of his work in me, you know, anyway, so that's really good. Okay. So, uh, (laughs) let's talk about being a parent. So you're a person who naturally struggles with anxiety. That's a normal, you know, part. You're a person who naturally, um, naturally sometimes wonders if you're good enough and Mm -hmm. wonders if you're, you know, and so, and you find out that you're pregnant and that you're having your first child. Mm -hmm. So, so talk about how you kind of, dealt with those feelings that are your baseline as you expected, you know, as you look forward to being a mom. Yes. Well, at first I was so excited. Um, and then, you know, kind of once you, I mean, I guess during the pregnancy, I probably had some anxiety about different things. Yeah. And then, yeah. But then once he was there and I noticed, you know, different struggles, he, <laughs> Rylan was a very difficult baby. Yeah. <laughs> We didn't sleep for like four years. Wow. Uh, yeah. Yeah. He's He's got a ton of energy. Anyone who knows him yeah, knows that's yeah. true. Yeah. And so it was more of like a process of once he was here and I was like, oh, crap. So you're just <laughs> trying to survive every day. You're not, yes. you can't even worry about, am I doing a good job? You're just trying to yes. make it through. I'm, yeah. I'm like, it really is true. The first child is a guinea pig. <laughs> yeah. No doubt. No doubt. If I just was talking and... I just was talking uh, to somebody about that earlier this morning, how, you know, I mean, we're just kind of experimenting on our first yes. kid for sure. <laughs> but but then you think you've got it all down, right? And then the second kid comes and you're like, oh, wow, uh, this one's totally, totally different. different. 
night and day opposite. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so, so your first baby was not just new, but was also really challenging because yes. of his personality. And yeah. Yeah. He's so fun. I mean, he's the most mm-hmm. fun kid, but he would not sleep. Yes. He would throw these screaming fits that just, I mean, yeah, yeah would just yeah. make anyone just rattled. <laughs> so. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Do you ever have those have those moments where your kid is just in full meltdown mode and you're like especially when it's in public, you know, and oh you're gosh. like and you're like, man, all these people think I am a terrible dad right now. Yes. <laughs> you, know, you have that moment. So. Oh yeah, lots. <laughs> <laughs> so okay, but listen, if you're if you're listening to the podcast today and you have recently had a moment like that with your child, uh just let Danielle and I want to say to you, we see you. Okay, yes. <laughs> you you are not a failure as a parent. Kids sometimes throw fits. That's how it goes. Yes. You know, uh, hold your head high, right, and yes. pick that kid up, drag them out to the car, and uh, and deal with it out there. And, it's and then cry. Yeah, yeah, that's right. That's right. And the Lord sees that you're you're gonna be okay. You're gonna be all right. That's good. So, um, so you mentioned you know too earlier, anxiety is kind of your baseline. Mm-hmm. You know. And, and you've talked about some truths that the Lord has revealed in your life that kind of struck at some of those insecurities and some mm-hmm. of that anxiety, right? Yes. And, and so you understand the difference between the lies that sometimes lie at the root of that anxiety and the truth of God's Word. Yes. But that doesn't mean that you don't ever deal with it. No. Right? Okay, so what does that look like on a daily basis for you? How do you... How do you walk through that as a person who continuously kind of has that worry in the back of your brain? Yeah. Um, I guess whenever it really starts to hit hard, um, I really either try to, you know, read scripture or listen to worship there. Sometimes if I'll just blare worship and walk around my house singing and, yeah. you know, praying that can, that can really defeat some of those emotions. Um, unfortunately, I mean, sometimes I have really bad anxiety attacks. Yeah. Um, Luckily, they're few and far between now. Sure. But, um, and thankfully, I have a great husband yeah, who knows. You do. He's yes, awesome. He he is the best. If you do not know Caleb, you need to meet him. Yeah, he's, he's a really great guy. Gosh, he just in, encapsulates the love of Christ. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, but a lot of times, it's just you know reminding myself what the Word says, and then you know worship. And if Caleb is there, you know, during those times when I'm feeling anxious, I'll just tell him, you know, I'm feeling really anxious right now. Yeah. And even he'll, I mean, he'll, he's gotten aware. He'll remind me of God's truth. Yeah. And that's such a neat thing. Like to me, that's what marriage is for. Right. You know, um, when the other person is down, like you step in the gap and you pray for him and you speak truth over him. And yeah. so that's been a huge help. Or I have really great friends here in shallow water and, I could call them at any time. I mean, they know the things I struggle with and sure. and they can step in those gaps too. Cause whenever, especially, especially if it's like a panic attack or something like yeah. that, you're not thinking straight. No, I mean, nothing really makes sense in your mind at the time. And so to have someone else to, to kind of get you to calm down and just speak those truths, uh, gosh, that makes such a difference. Yeah, totally. Totally. And a good reminder, I mean, when I was, Speaking to that group, to you know, at Howard Payne, I was I was talking to this group of college students, and um, and so the end of this that passage is search me, oh God, know my heart, you know, mm-hmm. and uh, and cleanse me from all unrighteousness, or or you know, but it's, it's and then cause me to walk in your paths, you know. Yes. So it's got this 
Uh, and, but we talked about how um, he starts off by saying, search me. And we talked about how it's kind of like a kind of like an MRI or a CAT scan, where yeah. you know you can't heal until you're able to, until there's you can see what's going on inside yes. of you. And so you want for God, like like look at me, like yeah. examine me, examine every part of me, yes. and and pull those places out that are sick, mm-hmm. so that they can be healed. You know, yeah. that's the that's the point of that you know kind of care. And uh, uh, but I, I was talking to our folks about. Uh, to those kids about it, and uh, not kids or young men and women, but I was, I was like, look, healing is not something you can produce for yourself. Like Mm-mm. nobody, nobody goes into like a, a a CAT scan and they're like, okay, your ACL is torn on your knee, and you're like, okay, well, uh, you know, I'll I'll just get a scalpel or whatever else, and let me just operate on my knee and right. fix my knee. Right? You can't. We are not capable of that. No. Right. Uh, you can't remove tumors from your body if you have cancer. You can, you can't do it on your own. Mm-mm. You actually need other people to help you with that, right? Yes. You, you actually need an expert, a healer, you know, a physician yeah. to work on you. And so I told them, I, I, I said, so many of you guys feel like a failure because you have this sickness that's inside of you, and you've been trying to heal it, and you mm-hmm. can't. And you, but it's you. The fact that you can't heal it—that's normal. That's you, mm-hmm. wh- why do we expect that we can heal ourselves? You know, exactly. We, we need the Holy Spirit of God, and we need community. Yes, we, we need people to speak into our lives and to help us. We were not meant, yeah, to deal with that stuff and to try to discover healing on our own. Yes, that was never God's intention. You know, and I think that's a really good word. We need we need husbands. You know, yes. spouses. We need. Our friends, you know, we need our family members to speak truth into our yeah. lives, and and ultimately we need the work of the Holy Spirit, right, in yes. our lives to to heal us and to restore us. Yeah. So, yeah, that's a good word, and I it resonates with me so much because I'm totally the person who's like, well, let me fix this, yeah. you know, in my own self, yes. and I'll try to do it on my own. So, one of the things I was going to say is, that, so husbands, if you're listening and you heard. You heard Danielle say that Caleb speaks uh, God's truth to her. Let me say that the way in which you speak the truth of God over your spouse matters a whole lot, okay? Because <laughs> there are ways that you can do it that sound like, will you grow up, right? That, don't Wives, do it like that. Submit to your husband. Yes, yeah, come on. <laughs> like, when, you come, when you speak the truth of who your wife is in Christ over her, do it in a way that is... That is loving and encouraging, and not you know what you know yes. what I'm trying to say. Right? Yes, not like <laughs> get it together, woman. You know, right. come on. That's, yeah, yeah. So I, anyway, I wanted to just make that distinction yes. and yell because <laughs> you said that, and I just I because of a guy, I yeah. heard guys out there going, oh. Yeah. Well, that's how I fix that. When my wife is down in the dumps, I just say, well, you're supposed, you know. Yes, no, no. Cast your, Jesus says, cast your cares upon me. You know I mean, you know what I'm saying? Like, don't do that. No, please don't. <laughs> it's not helpful. It's no. Not helpful. So, um, so what, what in your life right now do you feel like the Lord is really working? I know you've talked about, we've talked a lot about, you know, anxiety and yeah. identity in Christ. Yeah. Where do you feel like the Lord's at work in your life, uh, in your marriage, in your family? Mm-hmm. Where do you feel like he's most at work in, in your life right now? I think the biggest thing, um, and I'll kind of back up to last year. So I had Joshua last December. Mm-hmm. And after that, I mean, there had been a few things like when I, when I feel like I hear from God, I mean, 
I'm usually hearing from God. Yes. And, but there had been, I mean, probably three or four instances where I was just sure of what God was telling me. And then it was the opposite. Right. And so I had kind of like let those, you know, I wouldn't call them defeats, but um, just those instances kind of get into my mind, into yeah. my brain and kind of put a little separation between me and God. So I had Joshua, I was on maternity leave and I just really got to a dark place. Mm. Um just to the point where I was like, I don't know if God is good. Yeah. Um, and that's, that's not something I usually struggle with. Um, and so anyway, I went through this real dark season and I was like, what's the point of praying? Like if, if I'm going to sit here and pray and pray and pray and he doesn't hear me or he's not answering, especially in the way that I think he should, or that I feel like he should, um, you know, what's the point. Right. And so, um, Really, that if gathering that I went to at the beginning of February broke a lot of that off of me. Um, um, And then from then on, it's, I feel like God has a really funny sense of humor. (laughs) (laughs) And so, because I had said something to one of my friends, I said, What am I supposed to do? Pray the Lord's Prayer? Like, is that how He wants me to pray? I was just being sarcastic. Right. Because that's kind of how I talk. And so, Well, then, I mean, literally, like I love podcasts. Uh, There were probably three different podcasts. Um, I think during the If Gathering, they brought it up, but they were all going over the Lord's Prayer. Yeah. And going back to like, this is, you know, this is how Jesus has taught us to pray. Yeah. And then it went from a joke to like me taking it very seriously. Like, okay, give us today our daily bread. Like, stop looking to the future. Um, Just soak up, like, even if it doesn't look like, things are going to work out how they're supposed to, like ends are going to meet, you know, that uh, we may not find this healing or we may not find an answer for the situation. Rest in today, rest in my provision and rest that he's going to give you everything that you need for that day. And even if it doesn't look like what you think it should look like, he knows you better. Like you said, like the MRI scan, Yeah, he can see deep within you and he can see, um, you know, the deepest parts of our heart and our soul and the things that we do need. And so even though he may not be curing someone from cancer or helping your child do better in school or saving your marriage, you know, just things like that, he's giving you peace. Uh He's providing your needs. He's speaking to you. And we just have to like be still and know that he is God. So I think that's the biggest thing that I've learned this year is just kind of slowing down because I tend to look I jump to the future. Right. Yes. And I think part of that is stem from that anxiety, just like, okay, what's coming? I've got yeah. to worry about this to yes. make sure, you know, that I'm prepared for it. And God's just been like, no, you rest in me today. I will provide all of your needs, no yeah. matter what that is. Um, and just know that I'm God. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's been the biggest thing this year and just being thankful. I think too, with anxiety, I tend to be very, um, I think negatively a lot. Yeah. I'm very pessimistic. Like Caleb always asks me, he's like, why do you always go to death? Right. As the, as the first, I'm like, Oh, you better be careful. You could fall and die. You know, it's just, he's like, why is it always death? I'm like, I don't know. And so just, <laughs> just kind of reworking, like reframing my thoughts. Right. So this year, I mean, God has really, really been on me about that and just take every thought captive, mm-hmm. you know, and if it's not, if it's not, you know, building up your relationship with God or, you know, your, your walk with him or your peace, you know, it's not from him. Right. You know, fear is not from God. Um, anxiety and pain and, um, 
just fear. It's just not from God. And so just kind of taking every situation. It's been funny because I've, uh, this is also something you kind of learn in counseling, like usually anger or um, different things that come out are not the source. You they're know, secondary emotions. Yes, they're secondary. Yeah. So a lot of times that beginning emotion is fear. Uh-huh. And it's been interesting to see how God is like, okay, so you reacted this way. What are you afraid of? Right. And it's been so neat just to see, like, get down to the bottom of it. And it's like whenever I can say it out loud, like what I'm afraid of or, you know, what I'm really dealing with, he brings so much healing and peace through that. So mm. really just um, taking every thought captive and really just living in today yeah. and not tomorrow and not in the past as well. Yes. Right. So. Yeah, I think so true. I remember I remember when I was a kid. Uh, my granddad used, we used to go to, uh, Possum Kingdom. Mm-hmm. So, uh, it, at Possum Kingdom, there was this island that he liked to go out on and fish on. He called it Rattlesnake Island. I don't know if that's the word that for it. That does not sound fun. No, but it's a big, <laughs> it's just a, there's just a big pile of rocks out yeah. in the mid- middle. If you, and, and probably a lot of us go to Possum Kingdom. So probably a lot of people can see that place. That, oh yeah, I know exactly what you're talking yeah. about. I remember, uh, we were out there fishing one day, and uh, and this storm was rolling across the lake, and it and you could kind of see it coming. Mm-hmm. So my granddad hurried up, you know, got us in the boat. We're driving back, you know, and that storm was coming. I mean, it was kicking the waves up, and you know, and oh, he's gosh. and 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 he's trying to outrun it, and then we got caught in it, you know, and the waves are really big, and you know, but uh, but you know, I I pretty much slept the whole way back, you yeah. know, uh, I don't remember one second where I was afraid because my granddad was driving the boat yes. and we were all going to be fine, you know? Yeah. And so what it's made me think in my adult life is I process that. Like often the reason I am afraid is because I'm not in control. Yes. And I'm not, and like my wife too, like when, when I'm driving and she's in the passenger seat, she drives me bananas. Like she's like, you know, don't go, get over it. You know, she's terrified about everything that's going on. Yes. But when she's driving, some of those same situations don't, but it's because she's not, she's not in control of where the car's going. Yes. That's why, that's why she's afraid, right? That's the real reason why she's yes. afraid. And so I found that in my own life, fear is often the result of me not trusting God. Oh like, yeah. And yeah. me putting myself in the driver's seat and thinking that I have to manage it. Mm-hmm. I get afraid because I'm I think I have to get myself out of that or I yes. have to fix this problem and that uh, or I have to overcome this whatever it is and that's why I'm afraid, you yeah. know. Um but when I can when my relationship with God is such that I remember who he is, mm-hmm. that he's in charge and that that my life is in his hands and no matter what happens he is caring for me and he's yes going to lead me to his purpose and his blessing. Yeah. Um, then fear is not necessarily an issue for me. You know, yeah. uh, it was kind of a, a big moment for me to realize that fear was uh, really rooted in pride, you know, yeah. uh, in my desire to take the reins of my own life, you know, and ultimately remember that's the original sin. Yes. That's what I was just thinking. <laughs> yeah. Adam and Eve were like, no, we can give ourselves the knowledge of good and evil. Yes. Knowledge of good and evil is not a bad thing, but it was supposed to come from relationship with God. Yeah. It was supposed to come from walking with God in the cool of the evening, which is what they were doing. Yes. When they tried to do it themselves and provide it for themselves, that's the original sin. And that's where I always, always, you know, fall short. And that's where the, you know, fear and everything is rooted in that. You yeah. Know? So that was really powerful for me to kind of 
get my head around that. And then you're right, like that fear response, mm-hmm. that's what bleeds out into so many other destructive. Oh gosh, yes. You know, it all comes back to us being afraid. Yeah. You know? So, man, that's good stuff. And I just, for those of you listening, I want you to know we we are praying that the Holy Spirit of God would begin to move in your heart and reveal to you that He loves you, that He's good, and that if you'll surrender your heart and your life to Him, He will He will place His arms around you. He will mm-hmm. care for you, right? He will carry you in His arms. Yes. And when you're in that place, right, there's no reason for fear. Exactly. No matter what's going on in your life, because because God is in control and God is good. Yeah. So uh, so that's our prayer. And it's, we pray that for you because it's something that we are constantly having to remind ourselves. Yes. Of. <laughs> yes. So uh, it's not like we've got it figured out. Right, Danielle? We're still... Oh, no. Yeah. Very far from it. <laughs> still working on that. Still working on it. You're 33 and dealing with this. I'm 48 and I'm still dealing with it. Yes. So it's, <laughs> I wish I could encourage you and say it gets easier or you, you have more figured yeah. out as you get older. You don't. So uh, we're still working on it, and probably will be until until we see the Lord face to face. Yes. So, but that day's coming, and because I know it's coming, I, I don't have to be afraid. Exactly. So. All right. Well, gosh, Danielle, thanks, man. This was awesome. Yes. So good to hear more of your story. Like I have met you a few times, but have never heard all of that about yes. about you. And uh, I'm so thankful. Maybe that, that's why I love this podcast because I get to find out stuff about people and I, I, frankly I would be I would be doing this whether we had microphones or not like I just love right. talking to people and hearing their story but yes. I, thank you for sharing yours of course really this podcast it. has been really neat too just I mean like you said hearing people's stories and it's like oh I'm not the only one right I mean it just sheds so much light on people's darkness like things yeah. that you know they may not share with others or things that they're struggling with and it's it's just so it's so calming to know that you're not alone. Yeah, no doubt. And for me, th- that's so powerful. But, you know, we weren't created for alone. No. You know, we just weren't created for it. Anytime we feel alone, it's because the enemy is working to arrange our lives in such a way that yes. we feel that way, right? Uh, alone, isolation, that's the work of the enemy because we weren't created for that. No. So uh, we were created for community mm-hmm. and, and uh, we were created... Uh, to, you know, for, for other people to be around us, strengthen us, sowing into us, right? That's yes. what we're created for. So we, we can't be who we're called to be if we're in isolation. And no. that's where the, that's right where the enemy wants us. Yes. Isolation. That's yes. good. So, okay. So, but if you're listening and you don't have a place where you're connected, you don't have people who are, are speaking into your life and who are there to encourage you and who are all these life giving things that we've been talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, can I just humbly suggest that you just try first shallow water as a place where maybe you could find that because that's ultimately, that's our goal is to, is to be that for people Definitely. You know? and be that for one another. And so, uh, so please, please, uh, you know, come, come and check us out. And if this isn't the place the Lord leads you to, that's fine, but we want you to be rooted someplace yes. and established someplace. So, um, so, uh, search out community. Search out good, godly Christian community. Search it out. So, um, all right. Danielle, thank you so much yes, uh, for you. your time today. It was awesome. And uh, and uh, the, for those of you who are listening, we hope that this was an encouragement to you. You know that the Lord was speaking to you through all of this. And, and we'll see you soon. And, 
and we'll catch up with you around town. Thanks for tuning in to First Things First. We want to invite you to join us for worship this Sunday at First Shallow Water. You can find us at 703 Avenue J in Shallow Water, Texas. Our Sunday morning service starts at 1030 a.m. Click on the link in the description of this episode for more information about our church or if you'd just like to reach out to us. Check out the previous episodes of this podcast. Make sure you do that. We really have had the privilege of hearing some amazing stories. And make sure you check back each week for a new episode. Until then, we'll see you around town.